This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and any education is incidental. While the host may use clean language, the content that you're talking about has no such guarantees. Between them, Heather and Nicole have over 40 years of music experience and over 40 years of dance. Point and Play is where they sit down with you to talk about their thoughts and opinions. Hi, I'm Heather. And I'm Nicole. And today we are talking about body types and stereotypes in dance. So, tiny little itty bitty uh, content warning for discussions maybe of some fat phobia. Just heads up. I would say <laughs> no clue any... how this discussion will go yet, but I would say content warning for just body shape discussion, whichever direction for you. Yeah. Um, That's fair. Maybe also potential eating disorders and things if we really get deep. We'll see. We'll see. We probably won't because we have given ourselves a time limit on our yes. segments. But do tread carefully. Yes. Uh, so there's a lot oh. of stereotypes that are inextricably linked to people's body types and shapes in dance. Mm-hmm. And it is unreal and completely unrealistic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd say um, the most commonly known one is the figure for a ballerina is the stature for a ballerina is which that's yeah. the oh they have to fit this they have to be this tall they have to be this skinny so, but also muscled and and also somehow well, healthy muscled will happen yeah so let me let me just dig in really quick with ballet mm-hmm. ballet in modern times in particular parts of the world is getting better about this yes but also uh certain countries particularly the countries of origin for the style which would be a kind of a combination french russia italy Mm -hmm. uh but especially russia (laughs) russia is not the start start but they're really bad about this really are are taking longer to get on the people are okay to dance even if you don't think they look perfect train and Mm -hmm. now here's the thing about ballet and body types in ballet the reason for the body type conformity and like the particular look is at its core it's about the visual that you get with the movements in ballet it's about the line through the body. It's about the line. Yeah. And it's about lines and curves, but not curves on your torso in any way, shape, or form, because the whole point is that your arms or your legs curve, and or that your arms and legs are straight, and that goes all the way out to your toe tips or your fingertips. Mm-hmm. And there's this very, very, very um, damaging thought process that that kind of feeds into of basically saying if your torso if your body if your arms or your legs are kind of unavoidable but if your arms especially or if your torso if your main part of your body has any natural curvature at all it breaks that line and it it quote unquote distorts or ruins the look that ballet is trying to aim for and something that should also be just in the back of your mind is there is a difference between just the like visual 
of Mm -hmm. the line and the actual dancer connecting like physically the line when you're dancing. So I actually was given a comment uh, my senior year, I think, after a recital where I'd done my solo. And I was told that it was very obvious that I was dancing from my core, from like the core of my body. (laughs) Okay. As that was the line I was creating and it wasn't. So that it was it was this very backhanded compliment of like, you're definitely oh, doing the correct dance and elegance of the motions that should be happening, but the line that was physically happening wasn't the right one because of your body. But it was like we could tell that you you really know what you're doing, <laughs> even though I am oh, a man. larger human. And it was just like, okay, thank you for that, but also like, did hey, you that's actually not better? Did you actually enjoy it? <laughs> like, was that yeah. actually like, was your focus just on how my body type was very different from most of the people in the studio around me? Mm-hmm. I'm really glad yeah. in that moment it was my solo, but also, huh? <laughs> so there's there's that, and that's not at a professional level. That's not at a training no. level. That's not a teacher telling you that if you don't do this, you're not going to go anywhere in this field. That's an audience member coming up to me saying it as if it's a compliment that I danced. I'm trying to remember the exact phrasing, but it, but it came across Basically as like, like you dance as if you're yourself. skinny. You dance oh, as if you're no. skinny. Because it was like the outer layers of you don't matter. Oh, and I was like, oh, no, but I'm creating a line. Like I can physically feel how something should be. And then when I'm doing the dance and practicing it in front of the mirror, I'm adjusting how my hands are and how my arms yeah. are to actually create that line. And that's a constant adjustment because my body type is constantly fluctuating. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have styles um, that are more, I would say more like, base grounded and Mm. being tall and lithe and skinny isn't it's not really an advantage yeah and it's so to speak i would say there's less from my awareness and my experience there is less stigma if you are tall and skinny and trying to do that dance style than if you're you know short and squat trying to do ballet but there's yeah but I, I would I would push back on that just by saying, and this is going to sound really sad. Uh, I I think I that just haven't I haven't done enough of it to have experienced. Are if you there's are more. you particularly talking about certain styles of hip hop? Because that's what it sounds like. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, some styles of hip hop, some styles of uh, African dance that I've seen, which is why I'm saying I don't have a lot of experience to yeah. have heard if there's more pushback or not. Um. But there's definitely something to be said for every style of dance that I have in any way personally experienced performing or being taught or talked to about, that there Mm -hmm. is a body type expectation, what it is and what matters changes depending on the style. Um, Like jazz and tap really mm -hmm. wants you to be kind of a rectangle with broad shoulders and not no waist, but definitely no hips. Mm -hmm. But you're not skinny. You just need to be kind of a square. And in all of ballet needs you to be tall and lean so that the longer line creates a longer line. Yeah. And we're, definitely... and we're not even going into the like 
uh, popular, if you're going to be a backup dancer, what should your aesthetic be? We're not even going there. We're just talking like physicality. We're just just talking, you're going in to take a class. Yeah. What what are they expecting and visually judging you? I almost called them societal expectations, but it's not even just society as a whole. It's specific to these dance style. And there's an element of importance about a teacher visually assessing a student to say, mm-hmm. is this safe for you? Is this okay for you? Are you up all the way on your toe for point? Are you doing this? Like <laughs> they're, they're going yeah. to be very visually critical because they're supposed to, in order to make sure the dance is being done well and you're not going to get injured. The yeah. problem is when your bias that might have come out of the fact that you are training a certain style, it might come out of the society you're Just in. Just come out of been the way you were taught. Yeah. The way you were treated. It's going yeah. to then impact how you view someone. Uh, I personally am very grateful for the dance teachers that I had growing up because their focus was never my size. Their focus was how I was stretching, how I was doing the movements. Uh, I would get injured a lot. So am I taking care of myself? Am I doing my physical therapy exercises? No, we're not putting you on point. Why? Because you just broke your ankle. Like, that's not (laughs) going to be a thing. But they were disappointed in that because right before I broke my ankle, we were talking about the possibilities of getting me onto point soon. Um. And they never brought up my body in terms of size or in terms of ability to do a thing unless they had a specific concern based off of an actual experience with me, such as I broke my ankle. No, we're not going to put you on point. Or I pulled this muscle. Okay, this week, I'm going to have you do less of this specific thing so that we're not messing with that muscle as much and if you need to step out step out and it was never a judgment on me i judged me i judged me hardcore i was also older than most of the kids in my class and i felt behind and there was that's a whole other thing but so there's in dance this stigma yeah that just exists and we're working socially especially in america and, uh, and other places push back yeah. against it there's Pushing so many back people against it getting getting through it there's so many getting, beautiful getting people it so that kids will bother to mm-hmm. go out for things even if they don't think they look the part because hey that's not the point there are dancers and it should never have been the point there are dancers that i've seen who have gone viral because they are amazing technique wise and their body is not what is expected and on one hand amazing for them I can't wait until that's not a breakthrough. I can't wait until it's just, holy cow, look at their technique. It's awesome. Not they're doing amazing for being a plus size dancer or for being this other stereotype. And then (laughs) anytime somebody says, wow, that was great. Even for a. It's wrong. It's bad. That's the problem right there is that they (laughs) even feel like the even for a insert whatever here (laughs) yeah insert body type insert skin color skin color insert hair yeah hair type or um or or just social stereotype that they look at you and decide you are or insert gender stereotype Mm -hmm. like anytime you're you did good at even for a 
Yep. That's the thing. That's the part of that sentence that we are trying so hard to just kick completely. So just compliment say, people. Just do that. Yeah. But I do want to say this, like, as as somebody who uh I I said in our our intro episode that I I taught for four years. I got mm-hmm. paid to teach for four years for dance. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also have taught off and on different people when I was at college, just helping essentially coaching my fellow students who didn't have as much experience as me. Yeah. I have, I was helping Heather. I've helped younger kids. I, uh, I student taught in high school and especially in college, a big experience that I saw a lot of times was people who were not as experienced, who were trying to judge their fellow dancers for something or pick out which one of their classmates was going to be in their routine or whatever Mm -hmm. would focus completely on the look and And they would they would grab people who had really kind of terrible technique because they didn't know they couldn't tell they didn't know how to tell what was being done well and they would completely skip over amazing dancers who just weren't as tall or weren't as skinny or weren't as obviously like muscular and Mm -hmm. there and a big thing that i even saw uh, even even when I was when I was getting paid to teach when I had that that studio I worked at for those years was that there are people who who don't know to look at your joint placement or they yep. don't know to look at the rotation of especially your shoulders or your hips. They don't know how to tell if your knee is straight because if you have a skinny leg, they think your knee is straight. <laughs> And if you don't, they assume that you're not doing that very well, but they don't bother to look. They don't know how to look. They don't bother to to actually see. And that can be really honestly, not we're not even just talking like self-esteem or staying in the dance. Talking physical, physical world. We're talking like that's a physical risk. If yeah. you are coaching somebody and you don't know how to look at their actual joints and Some- see what they are actually legitimately doing. You are risking their health and safety. Something I would challenge uh, people Both directions, who, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Something I would challenge yeah. people who have any experience in dance and are visually judging a performer or anybody who is teaching uh, students is the focus. If you are just going, was that a pleasing aesthetic performance? Focus on that. Move on. If you're looking at their technique... The challenge would be, especially for the teachers, is not what cap of their potential are you going to put on it? How far do you think they can go? How far do they want to go and what do they need to improve to get there and how safely to do it? The conversation I had again with one of my teachers was I was like pushing myself with a bunch of things, a technique, and their response was, don't worry about that if you're not going professional. Don't worry about that if you're not going professional. We're going to worry about this because this is immediate and now and will help you not damage yourself. (laughs) And it was like, oh, okay, yeah. I personally have uh, knees that are more hyperextended. So it's very, oh, my knees are issues. But if someone is telling me to stand in first position, my heels are not necessarily going to touch. And that's not a bad thing. It's not. It's a fact of how my legs and how my body is built currently. So I actually had a student who had that same mm -hmm. uh, over over 
I guess bowed legs almost. Yeah. It's not, it's not bowed legs. There's a different term for it. I just can't think of what it is. Uh, yeah, because your legs aren't curved. It's like your knee the knees, just has a... The knees rotate You're not hyperextended. <laughs> the knee like yeah. rotates in. So if I'm standing straight my knees the sides of my legs like bow in a little bit um and so then when i turn and try to do first position right especially with my current size trying to do heels together hurts is problematic yeah. is painful and means that i do not have a good base for everything i'm supposed to be doing in dance again yeah. fifth position my my toe might not be touching my heel it might not be it hopefully will eventually again but it might not be right now. And so that's where the conversation of what the technique is and and all of that is super important. And if you are someone who is watching and judging your performance, I challenge you to not judge the size. Judge the actual outcome of the performance. And don't mm-hmm. add the caveat of they're good for a blank. Absolutely. It's not helpful. <laughs> yeah, there's I just the one last thing I want to say before we Mm-hmm. go on to our next our next part of the podcast is I had a I had a student that I actually started really tackling that exact issue with her she had the same thing the last year I was teaching at the studio and there was one day where I actually had her stay after class she had classes after mine but she had like a, a break like an hour or two maybe mm-hmm. so she was just hanging out and I was like hey you know I want to show you something And I kind of talked her through, like, this is what your legs are doing. This is how to make it so that first position and fifth position don't hurt you. Mm -hmm. And it was her whole face lit up. It was like. It's so important. It it matters so much. In dance, understanding (laughs) your body and your body type and your needs is so fundamentally important. important. I have joint issues. I need to know that. (laughs) I have hypertension. (laughs) I need to know that. I like the whole rest of the year. So important. She just, she just did so much better at everything. Mm -hmm. And if she had a problem, she didn't get like depressed. She didn't get bogged down. She didn't just, you know, oh, whatever. I can't dance today. Instead, she would come to me and ask and we would figure out what was going on but even and it wasn't always necessarily related to the way her turnout works Mm -hmm. but just in general just knowing that hey sometimes people aren't all identical and what works for somebody else might not work for you and being explicitly told hey there's this thing i've noticed about you as a human being that isn't super conducive to ballet but that's okay and doesn't give you the ideal look or whatever yeah, and the, yeah. but there's a way to work around it and so that you can still do everything full out. Just being told that individually, just she just em- embraced everything she was she was kind of timid about before. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool to see. This episode, we are talking about a live performance by the Celtic woman. Heather, do you want to say the name of the song or do you want me to? I want you to. I tried a million times and I still don't think I've said it correctly. It's beautiful. I just am not (laughs) accurate at all. Uh, Yeah, so it's Ter Awalyaru. As close as I can say that. Uh, it's, It's spelled... 
Um, T E with an accent, I R. Then the next word A B H A I L E. Then third word is R U or I'm sorry R I with an accent U. Uh, and I don't know the name of that accent technically. The accents oh. over the U, not the I. But oh no, I can't see it from here. Okay, it's fine. Um, um, it's so, so good. Uh, I have a. I have a starting observation. Yeah. So here's the thing. I've never seen, until we just sat down to watch this, I have not seen this performance before. I don't generally look up live performances of (sighs) songs unless I need to for some reason. Like, I'll look, I don't look them up for fun. I'll look them up for a reason. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. It's just a thing. And, but here's the thing. I have had a copy of this song for close to seven or eight years i think mm-hmm. something like that maybe i've had it as long as this video has been out actually <laughs> because i had the song in 2014 at least so what's Anyways, the observation my observation is so i've choreographed this song before and i've written it down the problem is it's never been performed because i didn't have a venue and also the choreography requires at least six to eight people mm-hmm. three to four couples and <laughs> I just have not had a group that wants to dance a song to this or had a show where this made sense or anything. But my observation is that the blocking that I had and the storyline for the choreography that I was writing is very, very close to what they did in this performance. (laughs) And I think that's kind of cool because I'm getting the gist of what they were trying to tell as a story. I absolutely love Celtic women. I have so many of their albums i've seen them live twice out of the wonderful gifts from people in my life they're fantastic and what i love about this video this recording is i mean you start off in the audience there's audience interaction right off the beginning the playfulness and interaction with the two singers at the beginning (laughs) that's with just like basic vowel sounds yeah. Like they're they're not going into unless I am so wrong on the song, which is always a possibility. Um they're they're not into actual lyrics of the song yet, but their facial expressions and their interactions and everything, they're having a, a disagreement, they're judging each other, they go up on stage and then a third person comes along and they actually start really getting into it and then the song lyrics of the song start. Um and I love in this particular performance of it, you have, as usual with Celtic women, you have vocals, you have violinist, you have uh, orchestra accompaniment. Then you also have in this song a Irish step dancer. One of the singers does play the spoons like it says in the song. She actually plays the spoons on stage. You have a penny whistle, you have piano, and none of it's too much. They highlight the the whoever is should be the focus of it at that moment. So the Irish step dancer isn't just off to the side for a little bit like he gets a spotlight. <laughs> yeah. Um their constant interactions with each other on stage. It doesn't matter where you look, something is happening, but wherever the focus should be, they're still directing back at it with the lighting, with uh their facial like direction, uh a thing with acting is that if you are not and this is acting in terms of a 
musical, a play, dance, in choir, any sort of like you are trying to move the focus somewhere, you look at where the focus should be. If everyone on the stage is looking somewhere, then whoever's in the audience is going to look there too. And they do that. So at any of the points where there isn't a main focus, they're all doing their own thing. And then whenever there is a focus, that's where they're looking and that's what they're focusing on. And the Irish Step Dancers, great. I love it. I love it so (laughs) much. It's my favorite part of the video. Um, And then they have these very big expressions and wonderful... We're not even got to the vocals yet. Just the like this particular like the <laughs> yeah. video versus listening to oh, it. Uh, real quick note on those vocals at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have been scanning through comments, and apparently that is called lilting, and it is just syllables. Yeah, and it's beautiful. Oh, Celtic Women is a group that it's traditional folk Irish. Uh, some of the like what would be considered classical, just not necessarily American classical in terms of genre. There's a better word for that right there, and I can't think of it. Um, But they, the songs that they sing are just enchanting and fun and upbeat and soulful and all across the spectrum. And that one, I love, like, even if you just look at the lyrics for it, there is a dilemma, there is a push and pull, but the actual music is very upbeat and very fun. I love the spoons. Yeah. I didn't ever I track like, that they actually played like the spoons in that moment until I watched the video and was like, oh, <laughs> no, she she's, you know, play the spoons. All right, here we go. <laughs> There's a lot of choreography going that goes into it with how many different moving pieces there are. Um, I love that their costumes for the, like how they are dressed for your main singers and then the violinist um the singers are all in a similar style of dress but variant colors Mm -hmm. to keep them stand out all the people in the background are in black um but on stage and then the violinist has her own costume uh i noticed that her mic pack is very securely and as discreet (laughs) as possible on her back um we watched a different video previously and we're discussing mic placement so my brain tracked that one um and it's very secure because the violinist dances like yeah lindsey sterling is not the only violinist that dances when she does her music um she's also very good but like this is not someone just standing off to the side and playing violin like she's in the midst of all of all of it as well and of course i am the queen of somebody who absolutely loves something so much and then knows none of the names I know none of the singers' oh, no. names. I know. I think one of them is Claire. <laughs> I think. Okay. And I've seen them live, and I have their albums, and I love them so much, and I know none of their names. <laughs> and I also know that Celtic Women, uh, at one point at least, had, you know, branched off into multiple touring groups. So there's more than just mm. those four. But I love that video. It's so fun. And I love the interactions with the audience. And I love how just comfortable they all are with each other. Yeah. Like, they're having fun while they're pretending to argue. Yeah. (laughs) 
Thank you for hanging out with us today. If you would like to interact with us on social media, you can find us at Point and Play on both Twitter and Instagram. To find all of our videos that we talk about on the podcast, as well as other things we think are interesting or important, head over to our Point and Play YouTube channel. If you would like to support us by dropping us some money, you can head over to either our monthly Patreon or our one-time payment Ko-fi link. All of these links are in the episode description. We'll see you next time.